welcome to a brand new episode of Blackhawks on Tap, hosted by the Four Feathers podcast crew. I am one of your panelists for the night, Ron Luce. I am joined by Mr. Austin Padu at Blackhawks D Zone on Twitter. How you doing, sir? Uh, to be honest, it, it was a rough one, but we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yes, we will. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, the Blackhawks lose today to the Edmonton Oilers in Game 2 of the NHL qualifying series. Um, not only were the Blackhawks beat on the score sheet, but they were outshot. They were out face They were out-powerblade, out-hit, literally everything. Um Edmonton just purely dominated this game, but the final score is four to three. Uh, Connor McDavid has himself a little hat trick uh, for the day. He gets his second, third, and fourth goals. Uh, Patrick Kane, you know, kept this team in it early, and I think that's a good good place to start, Austin. You know, Connor McDavid scores two goals in the first, you know, four and some change minutes of the of the game, but you know. Showtime himself, you know, comes back like he always does, puts on that Superman cape, and just keeps this team in the game. Uh, fires home a nice Debrinket pass right out in front of Koskinen. Austin, what were your thoughts, you know, kind of through that first period and after all that crazy action? Uh, I mean, in a way, it's you kind of expect it. You know, you know, Connor McDavid is going to be a difference maker no matter what. I don't think we were expecting it to be that quickly with two goals in five minutes, but that's what happens when you're playing against the world's best. And if you're not, if you're not playing your best hockey, that that's what happens. Uh, interesting that Colleton really quickly went to Patrick Kane, Kirby doc and Alex to kind of right away and then stuck with them uh, the whole way. And that, that was really the only thing the Blackhawks had all game. You know, the first line kind of got shut out uh, after a great first, first game and tonight they didn't show up too much so it's tough tough one it is tough especially then in the second period when Edmonton leads off the first two minutes of the period with yet another goal this time from Tyler Ennis however back-to-back Blackhawks defenseman goals I know you were just loving life during that segment uh Slater Cuckoo gets his first with assists from Debrinkat and Doc and then at the 15-minute mark, so about 11 minutes in between, Ole Mata then bangs home his first with assists once again by Doc, and this time Patrick Kane. Doc and Kane both, and Debrinket, all with multiple, and Cuckoo, all with two points to that point in the game. Pretty impressive, but before it's all said and done in the period, Connor McDavid gets his third, his hat-trick goal at the 17-10 mark of the period as the Oilers cash in on the power play for the only time on the evening. Um, I mean, we'll just keep this you know reaction train rolling. I mean, two Blackhawks defensemen goals, you, you, you had to be excited. I mean, if you if you would have told me before the game started that Slater Cuckoo and Ole Mata were going to score a goal each, I'm like, okay, the Blackhawks are going to win 6-2. That'll be a great game, you know, get the defense yeah. involved, everybody's happy. Uh, not the way it happened. You know, in that in that second period between all that happened, the Blackhawks had three power plays back to back to back. They even had one where the first power play was expiring and the second power play was right away after that. I don't even maybe they got two shots on that. I think the Black, or the Oilers 
maybe blocked like six or seven shots. And at that point, you kind of felt felt the air out of the balloon of the Blackhawks there. And then they didn't really have much after that. So that was a tough one. I think if you're given three power plays like that, you got to capitalize or at least gain uh, some type of momentum at that point. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% there. It's tough when you're, you know, going, especially against a team like Edmonton with the speed and, you know, that just superstar scoring and that top power play in the league. You know, like you said, you need to get some type of momentum out of your special teams. And it really felt like the Hawks lacked that all night long. Um, And more of that continued because then in the third period, um, in the span of about 40 seconds, the Edmonton Oilers net two more goals. The first, a James Neal goal. Uh, on a little bit of a wraparound, it was unassisted to make it five to three, and then Alex Chiazon on another play where Neil, you know, creates some chaos out in front of Crawford. Uh, Chiazon picks up the loose garbage to the side of Crawford and bangs it home. Again, another unassisted tally, but his second point of the night is he assisted on that third McDavid goal, and the Edmonton Oilers ultimately then take this game with that final score of six to three. Um, some observations that I at least had Austin and I, would love to get your take on them and, and, and hear your, you know, any of your other thoughts, uh, worst plus minus player on the night again, plus minus take that stat for what you like, but Dylan Strom was a minus four. Uh, you also had the pairing of Duncan Keith and Adam Boakfist where Boakfist only played 1355 in this game time on ice to Duncan Keith's 2509. Uh, but they both were a minus three. So kind of feel is like that really exposed the the Adam Boquist kind of liability on the night. Uh, best player across the ice, really, best two players, I guess, from a plus-minus perspective, uh, Doc and Debrinkit, both plus three um, with two points apiece uh, for the night as well. So that's a pretty interesting stat. Also, Debrinkit only playing about 14 minutes of ice time and Kirby Doc getting 18.35 in the game. Um, pretty spectacular. Obviously, playing on that top power play unit helps uh, when they had almost six minutes of power play time uh, with Doc on the ice. Austin, a lot to unpack there in what I just said, but you know, what are your thoughts on that? And then, what other observations did you have that you know we maybe didn't touch on up front? Yeah, I mean, you talked about it with Doc getting all that power play time. It's tough when you're you're either throwing out your power play or penalty kill every shift. You you can't roll four lines like we did in game one. I mean, game one, that fourth line was playing big minutes against McDavid. They were controlling the puck. They were getting the puck deep and, and really controlling play. And and when you're taking, I mean, the second period, there was 10 minutes of five-on-five play. That's half the period where that's where you're missing your Adam Books this time and, and your star players. And you can't get that third line out there and that fourth line out there and really generate some offense. So, I mean, that's what happens in a in a game like that. I think, I think, in a way, it's it might be the lack of uh, conditioning by the teams. You know, it's it's a it's a second game that they haven't played in four months, so their their legs are getting heavy. They start reaching, they start slashing, and that's kind of what happens. But that is not the game the Blackhawks can win with. They cannot win by trading power plays with the Edmonton Oilers. I don't think anybody can. So if if we want to turn this ship around, I, I mean, the, the Oilers have all the momentum right now. Connor McDavid played the way that the world expects him to. Uh, our top line did not match their their level that they played in game one, and it showed. 
And the Blackhawks gave up 17 high danger chances at five on five. So they kind of got brought, brought back down to earth a little bit in this game. And they got to go back and say, okay, what works, what doesn't work. And let's, let's try to do more of what works in uh, in game three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you said it best, uh, Mr. Numbers guy there. I know Johnny is smiling uh, wherever he is listening to this, but um, no, you hit it on the head, man. I mean, yeah, uh, just like what this episode title is going to be, I, I believe is going to be the episode title. We'll leave that to the editor, but Mick Jesus has risen. Um, and oh, God. we we saw that today, unfortunately, um, for the Blackhawks. You know, Connor McDavid just playing absolutely out of his mind. There's a reason the guy's consistently in the MVP talk every year in scoring race um, since he's entered the league. You know, but other observations I had, too, I think, uh, you know, the first really glaring thing, at least offensively, that stands out to me, Austin, is the lack of that top line and that presence that they, you know, obviously had in game one. Game one, they were lights out. Kubalik, five points. Taves has three points. You know, Saad has a couple of points as well. That whole line was just moving and grooving in game one. However, you know, game two comes around. They just kind of disappeared, and it became that third kind of makeshift third line, like you mentioned, of of Doc, DeBrinket, and Kane then, which really carried the offense. So, you know, Austin, what do you think this top line needs to do next game to get back to that game one you know, format version of themselves? I mean, that's tough. You you have a history-making game by Dominic Kubelik in game one, and, I mean, where do you go from there? I mean, you're you're not going to see him top that in game two, so it's kind of tough. You know, I'm sure he maybe wasn't as motivated. He thought it was pretty easy in game one. So they only got three shots on net, that first line, and that that's tough. They definitely got outplayed tonight uh, pairing up against Connor McDavid's top line. So, uh Jeremy Colleton's going to keep rolling out Patrick Kane. He's going to do whatever he can to get Patrick Kane on the ice. We expect that. That's what's going to happen. And he's going to put Kane with whoever else is rolling, whether that's Kirby Doc, whether that's Dylan Strome, not tonight, whether that's Nylander, not tonight. But any way that he can get Patrick Kane on the ice, that's what he's going to do. And I expect the top line to bounce back. I think Jonathan Taves is I mean he's a competitor Brandon Saad he he still plays well even if he doesn't doesn't necessarily generate chances um, I expect them to bounce back that was a, that was a tough game for the first line of the Blackhawks yeah it really was and you know I just I hope they get back to some type of you know version of themselves from that game one because were they fun to watch they just absolutely dominated the you know the puck possession and they just kept that that cycle going. Uh, it was really a thing of beauty, and, and I, I would like to see you know them return to it. I, I'm sure you would as well. Um, another guy I think you are going to be eager to talk about definitely garnishes some attention. Um, you know, plus two on the night, uh, plays almost 18 minutes of ice time, good for fourth most on the team, a goal and an assist for one Slater Cuckoo. This is a guy that most people in the Blackhawks community do not defend, and I feel like uh, Mr. At Blackhawks D Zone on Twitter. You, this is a guy that you love and 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 have expressed your 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 appreciation for him as a player. So, yeah, I, I really want to get your take on on just what you saw in Cuckoo's game tonight, and um, you know what do you think he can maybe do more of to help the Blackhawks add to the score sheet next game. 
Well, that that's the tough part because with a guy like Slater Cuckoo, he he is a perfect like third pair defenseman. Not, if you have him on your third defense, you're solid. But if he's your best defenseman, your team's in trouble. That that's the whole thing with Slater Cuckoo. Like he's, I like where he's at. He played a great game tonight. The thing about Cuckoo is he's a great skater, and and when he got drafted pretty highly, I think. They, they all said he's a great skater, and that's, that's what he brings to the table. I mean, he jumped up into the rush on the first goal and then got into the got his first goal, I think his first postseason goal tonight too. So uh, I'd, it's tough. I, I would like to see him move up and play some more minutes, but that's not a guy that you're going to win tough hockey games with. I mean, he doesn't bring a lot to the table besides moving his feet. He, he plays well, but he's not going to be a top-pair guy. Um, like you said earlier, Adam Bokefish just played just under 14 minutes tonight. That's tough. You gotta you gotta find ways to get that guy out there. That guy needs confidence. I mean, throw him out on the first power play unit once or twice instead of Duncan Keith. Do something to get that guy going. Like that is a guy that needs some confidence. He needs to make a sick pass to get his get his play going. Like, look at Kirby Doc right now. Kirby Doc is maybe one of the Blackhawks' best players in the first two games. And he's, what, 19? If you get Adam Bokefist playing with that confidence, who knows what's going to happen. So uh, Slater Cuckoo, great game. Olimata, great game. That's not the best sign for the Blackhawks when your third line had the best game. But uh, good for them. I'm a big Cuckoo fan. Good for him. He's trying to get a contract. Absolutely. I was going to say big contract year for him. And, and you did you did get it correct. In that 2012 draft, the Tampa Bay Lightning took him 10th overall in the first round. Very high yeah, draft he, pick. Yeah, he, he was big news coming up. Yeah, yeah and unfortunately it just didn't work out for him. But like you said, it seems like he's kind of found his niche as being that third-pairing guy. You know, if he's your third-pairing type guy, you're in pretty good shape defensively. Yeah, um, yep. But, yeah, I mean, you, I think you said it best. You know, Adam Boakfist needs the confidence. I agree with you about Kirby Doc, man. I think he, he arguably has been Blackhawks' you know best player. I think he's at least, you could say, the most consistent so far through two games. Yeah, you know, which is crazy, huh? Yeah, crazy to think that, you know, on a team with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, your most consistent player is going to be a, a 19-year-old uh, center from uh, from the old WHL. But, hey, I mean, very excited about Kirby. I mean, unfortunately, the Hawks didn't win, so I don't know if it sticks to click uh, picks necessarily garnish points in a loss, but um, Doc was my choice in, in two assists. Looks pretty good on the resume for the night. Uh, for the young kid from from old Canada, but um, hopefully we see more of that from him in Game Three. And yeah, I mean, I agree with you though. I think when Cuckoo is standing out as your best defenseman on the night, uh, something needs to happen. A guy I would like to see maybe a little more just playing time out of. I mean, 19 minutes is solid, but I'd like to see more Calvin DeHaan on the ice. Um, you know, obviously Duncan Keith always going to play big minutes. Seeing him around that 25 mark isn't really surprising. And it's not really surprising anymore seeing Connor Murphy also hang around that 20 to 21 minute number. Um, you know, but I, I still think, you know, you got to give DeHaan some, some time out there, man. He led your, your defenseman on shorthanded ice time. So at least he's being used in the situations where he tends to thrive. Um, you know, but him and Connor Murphy have made a really nice pairing. They've been quiet. We haven't really talked much about them in, in these first two games. And that's always a good thing when your quote unquote shutdown pairing isn't making mistakes and, and garnishing attention. Um, but that being said, they, they just did not play well enough tonight. Edmonton came out, came out screaming. Um, you know, it was something that Tony, Johnny and I discussed on, uh, game one's recap. Um, you know, 
Edmonton's going to come out hungry. And like you, you brought up a great point. You know, this is the first time they're playing a second game in four months. So, you know, those legs are going to be a little heavy. And you, you saw it tonight, some sloppy play, and it ultimately cost them against the speed of, you know, Connor McDavid and company on the Edmonton Oilers. Um, but Austin, do you, do you got any kind of final thoughts before we uh, put this one in the rearview mirror and move forward? Uh, it's kind of, uh, it might be a little petty, but John Quinville gets slotted in for Drake Kajula and plays six minutes. And I mean, what do you, what's the, what's the point, man? I don't like, if you're going to give the guy a chance, give the guy a chance. Holy smokes. I don't know that. that I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter were like, why, why even play that guy if you're going to do that? I mean, right. Dylan Sakura would at, would at least miss the net like three times by now. But True. I mean, or if you really wanted to get creative and wild, you could have played a seventh defenseman if that was something you really were going to do, if you weren't even going to yep. play him. I mean, you really yep. didn't play him. <laughs> I don't even no, consider no. six minutes real playing time. But Jonathan Taves had almost 20 minutes of ice time. Kane was almost 23 minutes of ice time. But yep. like, like we said, even Kirby Doc playing 18 and a half. Uh, Brandon Saad playing over 17, as did Kubalik. You know, only 13 minutes from uh, Dylan Strome, and you know, also about 13 minutes, actually almost 14 minutes from Alex DeBrinket. Um, but you know, David Camp playing 12 and a half minutes, Ryan Carpenter playing 14 and a half minutes. Um, you know, it, like you said, it, the good it's good when the fourth line's getting out there because they do good work. But when they're playing that much, and and Carpenter's you know on the ice for over five minutes of ice time shorthanded, that's when you know it's it's been a rough night for for your defense and, and for your uh, your penalty kill uh, as a whole. But all right, man. Well, before we go ahead and move forward here, we want to remind you all that Blackhawks on Tap and the Four Feathers podcasts are both a part of On Tap Sportsnet, the On Tap Sports Network. You can find us on the interwebs at www.ontapsportsnet.com. You can also find us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are at ONTAP Sportsnet. We have great Blackhawks coverage. You're listening to that, obviously, right now. We also have plenty of great Bears and Bulls coverage, our accompanying uh, fall sports here in the city of Chicago. And yes, for you baseball lovers, we have both sides of town covered. We have Cubs on tap and that group over there. I am a part of that group, as a matter of fact. Uh, and then we have the Sox and the Sox on tap group. Um, that includes Johnny Nani and Tony Marchese, two regulars here on the Four Feathers and Blackhawks on Tap podcasts, as well as Patrick Comiskey is also part of that group, another name we hear on these podcasts. Once again, you can find us on the interwebs, www.ontapsportsnet.com, and also on social media at ontapsportsnet. The ONTAP Sports Network, go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. All right, Austin, here we go. We have another game coming up for the Blackhawks and Oilers as they will play on Wednesday, August 5th. They once again play at 9.30 Central Daylight Time, very late uh, for us Chicagoans. Uh, Austin, you are in perfect prime position, though, with it being at a nice normal time for you out there in California. Um, It will be on NBC Sports Chicago as well as NHL TV for the broadcasting. Um, we would expect to see Corey Crawford in net, um, as well as probably Miko Koskinen, as he was the winning goaltender tonight for the Oilers. Um, we'll look forward to probably seeing them. We are guaranteed a game four now because each team has won a game, so um, also catch probably some live content of that game four. 
hear from the Four Feathers and Black Ox on Tap clan, um, as that will be a Friday night game on August 7th. All right, Austin, I, I really want to get your thoughts. You know, what do you kind of maybe predict happening in Wednesday's game? The Hawks will be the home team, so they will dictate the change. I think that's important to note. Um, but I'm going to turn it over to you. You know, give us a preview and and your uh, your stick to click pick for Wednesday. Uh, I I really think they need to to get back to getting pucks deep and playing below their dots. Uh, you see, if if you play often offense against Connor David, Connor McDavid, he's not going to score goals. So you got to grind out their defense. Their defense is not that strong. They're not that fast. You got to get uh, uh, get behind them, make them play, and then we'll. Uh, do the best we can with that. Um, I chose Debrinket tonight. I thought he played well. He had a couple assists. He he was kind of a, a big driving first there in the beginning of the game. But I would like to see Adam Bookfist. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say Adam Bookfist was gonna pick up two assists in Game Three. I think he's gonna get a power play assist. I think he's gonna get a an even strength assist. And I think. Uh, He's going to get his confidence going, and we're going to see an Adam Bokfus who's who's ready to play playoff hockey. I love it. That's exactly what I want to hear. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna echo you there. I think you know um, we really need to see the D get involved again, as as well as just limit what you can against Connor McDavid, especially on the power play. So I am hoping uh, that the Hawks will get their mojo back. But I I think you know I had Kirby Doc for tonight's stick to click. Um, I, you know, he had a, again, like you said, with Debrinket, a good game, you know, two assists, uh, really drove play, you know, when they put Kane with him and Debrinket, that, that line really drove the offense for the evening. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and, and pick a guy on that top line that, um, you know, just needs to, they need to get back to doing what they did in game one. So I'm going to go ahead and take the captain, Jonathan Taves, uh, as my stick to click for Wednesday night, because I think if Johnny and that top line are clicking, uh, we're staring at a Hawks victory and them potentially being able to close off this Oilers team on Friday in Game 4. Um, but Austin, uh, any any quick final thoughts before we get out of here for the night? No, I mean, it's a brand new series. You're, it's all tied up. It's a, now a, what first one of three games, so two wins wins it. And we'll see what the Blackhawks have. I think this is going to be a big challenge to see if, if Game 1 was a fluke or not. And I think they kind of got brought back down to earth today, and we'll see how they regroup. And I think it's it's really going to come down to Jeremy Colleton and what 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 is he going to do with these line matchups? Is he going to stick with that Doc uh, Kane to Brinkett line? Is he going to try to roll four lines? We'll see what he does. I mean, this is this is his first playoff experience, so hopefully he makes the right decisions, and we'll we'll hope for the best. Absolutely, man. I have no other better words to put it than what you just said. So I think that's a perfect way to leave our listeners for the night. But we do want to thank you, the listener, for joining us here from Ron Luce and Austin Padu. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at I am at RNLD Luce. It's Ronald Luce without the O and the A. Um, L-U-C-E for those that don't know how to spell my last name. Uh, and then find Austin at Blackhawks D Zone on Twitter. He's a great follow. Make sure, especially if you love defensive hockey and how defensemen play, go follow Austin. You'll love all his content that he's putting out. Thank you so much once again, listeners from us. And let's get out of here the only way we know how to as we look forward to Wednesday, Austin. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks. Hawks.